So I've been around church my entire life, and I've uh, heard this passage of Scripture. And every time I hear it, it freaks me out. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure having a British dude read it really helps either. Um, It's kind of Loki reading that or what? Anyway, this is a passage of Scripture that sometimes can uh, really get us down a road that can create a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty among us because of the just the nature of it. It has such power behind it when Jesus is talking about people who come to him and they're saying one thing and it looks like they're doing the right thing and all of a sudden he, they, he says to them, uh, get away from me, I never knew you. Well, let me try to kind of come at it from a different angle and hopefully be a little bit more uh, encouraging to you than fear-filled uh, when it comes to this passage and just try to be a little bit more practical. Obviously, as you see, I've got some props up here. Uh, last couple times I spoke, I haven't had props, uh, so we have some props. And I think you can see where this is kind of going, those of you who are really astute among us, uh, but we'll get to that in just a moment. So when you look at this passage, to me, um, as you kind of read over it, there's a couple things that just kind of rise to the surface beyond the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, things along those lines. There's kind of two aspects that seem to rise up that really, I think, are worthy to mention and really can get us really talking about this passage as it pertains to us as Christ's followers. And uh, let me just get into them real quick. The first one has to do with the idea of authenticity. Uh, When Jesus is talking to the people who are listening to him, he's talking about people who really are authentic. They're people who are living out who they are on the inside. And authenticity is something that we hear a lot about uh, when we talk about Christianity because it's one of the things that we hold on to. Uh, Maybe a little bit more is the negative side of authenticity when you talk about hypocrisy. And hypocrisy is often kind of characterized with church people. You've heard people say, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites, which, you know, it's probably true. You know, it's just who we are. But authenticity, though, is something that we strive for. But to me, authenticity is probably a really touchy subject because the truth is, do we really want people to be totally authentic with us? I mean, do we, do we really want that? And it's kind of a weird thing because uh, when you come into church and people are talking to you and, you know, they're like, how are you doing? I mean, do we really want them to be really authentic? I mean, well, you know, I was quite the ride in today. You know, I really let my kids have it. This guy cut me off and I'll use some ex- exemplatives on him. I'm planning on using a few as I exit the parking lot. You know, it was quite the night last night, and if truth be told, I'm a little hungover this morning. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, but, but I'm, I'm just being real with you, brother. I, it's kind of this, this kind of tightrope between, really, how much authenticity do we give the right audience? I mean, we don't want to come and have testimony time and share everything to everybody, I mean, I'm not sure how good that would be. That would probably freak most of us out. Like, whoa, back up a little, buddy. Uh, so authenticity, it's, it's kind of this weird thing. I mean, we don't want to be hypocrites. But yet, on the other hand, uh, you know, it's like how much do we really go down that road of being authentic to really putting it all out there, to really sharing everything that's going on? Well, authenticity, I think, is really Weird because uh, not only that, but it's something that we, we get, a, we have a lot of, uh, are given a hard time for. You know, we, people, we look at people and they're fake. They're, they're just not real. How could they be that real? And it's something we really struggle with. 
So authenticity is one thing that comes to the forefront when you, when you, when you listen to this passage. The other thing has to do with fruit. Fruit. Now, authenticity and fruit, how do those go together? Well, honestly, I think they're two sides of the same coin. Now, I have some uh, fruit up here, and we, we understand fruit from a physical standpoint. Um, so I have some fruit up here. I have a nice pineapple, I have grapefruit, I have some kiwi, um, and I'm sure all you highfalutin people know what this is. <laughs> Come on, somebody, dragon, dragon fruit. I didn't know what this is. This is an apple, if you didn't know that. Uh, supposedly this is dragon fruit, so uh, you can eat that. I got a lime and things like that. And we, we understand fruit, and, but, but I think oftentimes what we don't realize is just how important fruit is in the Bible, especially the New Testament, because the New Testament writers talk a lot about fruit. In fact, Jesus talks a lot about fruit. And we, we have a tendency in, in uh, Christianity to look at fruit kind of as a cute thing, you know, it's neat for Sunday school, and we talk about fruit, and it's kind of a nice word picture and things like that. But the reality is that, is that fruit in the Bible, especially the New Testament, is a very, very powerful lesson that Jesus tries to get across to us. I don't think you can underestimate the importance of fruit when it comes to your spiritual lives. And you may be wondering, well, what, what really is the fruit? Well, there's a lot of different aspects of fruit. Uh, just to bottom line it, it's, it's what is produced out of your Christian walk. It is what is produced uh, out of your journey with Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe you could write in your notes, maybe Galatians 5, through 23. That's probably the clearest description of some of the fruit of the Spirit uh, or the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, in there, he lists nine things. The writer Paul, he gives love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But Jesus talks about fruit as well in different aspects of, of, of how, how important fruit is. But fruit is kind of this stuff that's produced out of our walk, out of our spiritual journey. The other interesting thing about fruit when you talk about the Bible is that it is the one thing that is given as an indicator for what is going on inside of a person. Even in this passage, we read how fruit is the thing that really shows how legit a person's relationship with Christ is. Fruit. So while it's kind of a neat word picture, and we use it maybe in Sunday school for kids and stuff, don't ever underestimate the importance of fruit because it is vitally important to your spiritual journey because it is what is the outgrowth of what is happening with you and God through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, these two things in this passage, authenticity and fruit, put them together. You see, I don't think authenticity is really a problem, to be honest with you. Because if we're going to be authentic, we just throw it all out there. I don't think authenticity is the issue. Work on your authenticity. Well, what does that mean? It means I just share everything. It just means I come across and just, and just throw everything out there. You see, the only reason we oftentimes have problems with authenticity is because we feel like we're producing bad fruit. You see, if we felt as though we were producing fruit that was good, that was wholesome, that was godly, how many of us would be in that situation where we feel like we have to uh, kind of come across inauthentic? I mean, how many of you say, you know, I'm going to church today and I'm feeling really patient, but I hope nobody notices. 
It doesn't make any sense. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, we, we have a tendency, yeah, this is great. When we become inauthentic is when we have fruit that we aren't really proud of. We're producing stuff that just doesn't mesh up with what we know we should be producing. So here I have this tree. Anybody want to take a guess what kind of tree this is? Nobody in first service got it, by the way. But they were also tired. So I don't know. Anybody guess what kind of tree this is? Come on, yell it out. Come on, don't be bashful. I, olive, it's, it's not an olive tree. Somebody, somebody guess that. I don't even know what an olive tree looks like. It's not an olive tree. Anything else? Fig. It's not a fig tree. Again, no fig tree. It's not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was a very spiritual guess, though. Hmm, uh, that one surprised me. All right. Okay, this is a kumquat tree. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was going to say that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you can actually uh, see a few of them coming out here, little baby kumquats. There's one right there. Isn't he cute? Anyway, so this is, uh, is going to be uh, this is a kumquat tree. So, so let me ask you. All right. This thing starts to grow a little bit. What's it going to produce? Kumquats. Kumquats. Very good. See, very easy. We know what's going to happen. This tree is a kumquat tree, and I don't even know what a kumquat is, but I just like to say it. So it's going to produce kumquats. Somebody said it's really tart, so we can say kind of a, uh, a tart tree. Now, let's say this is, this is us, and we're not really proud of being a kumquat tree because kumquats are bad. Just work with me here. So kumquats are bad. So this is just our life. So we're producing kumquats. And so we go through our life, and this is just what comes out of us. We're just, we're just kumquat this, kumquat that. It's just kumquats, kumquats, kumquats. But yet we know that, hey, we're really, we should be producing banana, bananas. So let me, let, me just, let me just share with you what normally we do. All right, so here's what we should be producing, but we are producing kumquats. So here's what we do. We say, well, I don't want to produce kumquats. I would rather produce bananas. So I'm going to just do this. Voila, a banana tree. <laughs> now, if I said to you, this is a banana tree, you would say, no, it's a And you're an idiot, right? <laughs> because we look at this and we think to ourselves, that's just stupid. Because you can't make a tree, a banana tree, by taping a banana on a kumquat tree. It's just not going to happen. We know that. This is a physical thing. We just know this is the way it works. But how many times do we do this in our own lives? We're producing this kind of stuff, which we just know isn't good, but yet we know that we're not supposed to be producing it. So in some way, we just start grabbing some tape and, you know, I'm going to tape kindness on me today. I'm good to go. I'm a kind person. But it doesn't really get to the issue. And so when we look at authenticity and, uh, and fruit, the problem isn't authentic, authenticity. The problem is the kind of fruit that we're producing. So we could spend a lot of time talking about being authentic, but in reality, authenticity is just going to produce what's inside of us. And we think we can hide it, and we think we can just tape things on, and we think we can produce bananas, but we just can't because that's not what we are producing. 
So for, the, for just a few minutes, let me talk about producing fruit. Let me just talk about it. Because when you look at this passage that was read to you, a lot of it has to do with people and with leaders and with all kinds of issues that were happening because people were trying to be a banana tree, what they were really producing, kumquats. They were really trying to be something they weren't. So all of that stuff about sheep and wolves clothing, all of that stuff about get away from me, you evildoers, that has to do with people who are walking around who have no reality of the fact that they are not being authentic in the fruit of that they are producing. They're saying one thing, but inside they know there's bigger issues. So if we can hit it at the core of who we are, if we can hit it at the ground level, so to speak, if we can start producing the right kind of fruit, then all of the other stuff kind of will go away because authentically we are going to be producing the right kind of fruit. So let's talk about fruit for just a moment. Just let's talk about fruit. So let me give you some things. And and I don't want this to be a step-by-step thing because I don't think it's a step-by-step thing. I just want to throw out some ideas or some some, uh, things that I, I want you to contemplate when it comes to your own spirituality, when it comes to your own producing of fruit. And let's just get into it. The first thing I think when, when we're talking about uh, being authentic and, and producing fruit is I think you need to come clean. You need to come clean. And you can write 1 John 1, 9 next to that, and I'll, I'll get to that in just a minute. But you need to come clean. I don't think there's any way that we can get to a place where we're producing the right kind of fruit if we are continually lying to ourselves about who we are. And we're not even fooling anybody, much less ourselves. And we go around and we, we sometimes try to convince everybody else about what we are and who we are and all the stuff that we're producing. But at the heart of it, we know. We know. And what the Bible often talks about is us coming clean with all of that. Now, what does it mean to come clean? I already talked about authenticity and about just sharing it out there. I'm not talking about just blurting all of our deepest and darkest secrets to everybody. I'm not talking about just scaring people so much because all of a sudden you've had this revelation and you just want to tell the world. What I'm talking about is really understanding what it means to really get it out there into trusted places. So let's talk about it. Let's kind of think of kind of circles that kind of expand. The first place I'd encourage you to start is in your relationship with God. How open are you with God? How clean have you come with God? A lot of times we think, well, I'm fooling everybody else. I think I've got God fooled as well. God, I'm really a banana tree. Really, I am. And we've convinced ourselves so much that we are producing the right kind of fruit that oftentimes we think we've got one over on God as well. And we may do a kind act here or we may have patience here, But it's not that producing of fruit. It's more like things that are tacked here and there. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The confession of sins, oftentimes we think what that just simply means is we just need to confess it and just talk about it and get it out there so so that we get it off our chest. Confession is more, a little bit deeper than that. Confession before God, coming clean before God, really is saying with God and agreeing with God on exactly what is going on inside of me. 
It's really putting it all out there. Now remember, this is a God who is your loving father. This is a God who wants you to produce good fruit. But oftentimes we're so scared about really opening up before him because maybe we think we've got him, uh, we've got him uh, just fooled or maybe we think that we're worried about the consequences. Or, or there's just a whole bunch of things. But again, I don't think we will ever get to the point where we are producing the kind of fruit that we know we should be producing if we are stuck in a place where we just do not come clean. We're trying to fake our way through it. Now, take the circle out a little bit. Beyond God, where do you go from that? I would encourage you to find a trusted individual, a person who is not in it to condemn you, a person who is in it to spur you on, encourage you, and to get you healthy. We can't do this alone. We can't do this alone. We all need people who come alongside us, who'd encourage us, who are there for us, who we can talk to, who we can share with, who we can go alongside with and just do life together. Maybe it's finding a mentor. Maybe it's finding someone else. Maybe you don't know anybody. Maybe it's time to ask God, point somebody out who I can just talk to, who I can share. And I know they're not going to use this against me. I know they're not going to hold it over my head. I know they're not going to batter me down with it. But they are in it so that I can get healthy, so that I can start to produce good fruit. Take it out a little bit further. This is what small groups come into, come into how they come into play as well. Now, as you get further and further along, you know, you have to realize what is the audience? How much do I share? Will it be harmful to somebody else? But what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position where you can now come clean with all this stuff so you're not carrying this burden all over the place. We have groups starting here in just a few weeks, which again are geared towards, of course, helping you in a study, but are also geared around helping you get in a community of people who are going through life and who are struggling with life just like you're struggling with life. And I guarantee you, all of us have stories, all of us have baggage, all of us are struggling, and all of us need one another. Now again, you got to use a little common sense here. You're not going in the first night and saying, hey, it's testimony time. And I'm going to start. You know, you got to build a camaraderie. That's why I'm talking about these circles that continually, continually go out and go out. But coming clean, there is such a refreshing, uh, just enthusiasm that can come when we finally realize, hey, this is really what is going on inside of me. And you know you are surrounded by men, by women who can encourage you who trust in, who believe in you, who are going to breathe life into you. First of all, I'd encourage you, come clean. Second thing, another thing I'd encourage you is to do what you can so that you can do what you can't. On to the next one, number three. I'm just kidding. We'll go back to that one. one. (laughs) Do what you can so you can do what you can't. You can't produce fruit, okay? That's God's job. Now, let me kind of use a physical example, and then I'll come back to it. So, uh, about, just about every uh, Thanksgiving, I have these grand ideas of running the turkey trot. So, I've done it a few years. You know, you get the colored shirt. It's really cool. So, if you told me right now, hey, man, I want you to go run the 10K turkey trot. I'd have really trouble doing it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a runner. All right. I hate to run. Anybody with me? Amen. Preach it. That's bad. Yeah. I, just, I just can't run. So when I, go to the, when I go to the turkey trot, I do the gobbler. 
Now, the gobbler is the one-mile run, and I use the word run loosely. <laughs> no kidding, a few years ago, I was so far, I, I'm, I'm the one in the back of the pack, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for my time to make the move. So I'm in the back of the pack, no kidding, I was so far back, I had to get out of the way because the 10Kers were passing me by, they were, they were so bad. So anyway, so I'm, I'm, I go out this November, I'll probably go out, and last November I went out. So I'm out there, and I see a lot of you out there. A lot of you harborsiders. And uh, I saw a couple of you out there. You know, you're running around, you're warming up, you're checking your pulse. You got, you got, you're in the zone, you know. I wanted to say hi, but I couldn't catch you. (laughs) I was too busy eating my Egg McMuffin, you know. But but if you told me, hey, uh, you're going to run the 10K, I'd have trouble. I'm just not a runner. doesn't mean I'm not in shape. It just means I'm not a runner. So, uh, so uh, now if I decided, hey, November, I'm going to run the 10K. Right now, if you told me to do it, I can't do it. Now, if I wanted to produce that in my life, there are things I can do now which will help me to produce that later in life. The first thing might be not to eat egg McMuffins in the morning. And whatever you running people eat, protein shakes and all that good stuff, uh, whatever you do. The other thing is I probably could get up at the crack of dawn and put on my running shoes and start small, little, you know, make it to the driveway and back and, you know, (laughs) one day down, go a little further, a little next day. But there are things I can do right now, things that that are within my control that I can do, which at one point will lead me to the point where I would produce a 10K. Or, you know, you could take it a little further. I mean, some of you are marathoners. It wasn't like one day you woke up and said, I'm just going to run a marathon. No, there's things you had to do to be able to produce that in your life. Now, when it comes to our spirituality and our spiritual journeys, oftentimes we think it's somehow different. That we can just produce all this stuff. That somehow we can produce being a patient, loving, kind, gentle person, self-controlled, all these things. But showing kindness in one context, doesn't necessarily mean you are a kind person. Whenever sometimes we show kindness and, you know, there's something to gain from it, people are watching, but then we're in the car with our kids, it's a whole different story. There is a difference between doing these acts and actually allowing the fruit to take us to a place where we need to go. And so there are things in your life right now that you can do which will then allow God to produce the fruit within you. Now, here's one of the, to me, one of the biggest rubs in Christianity. It's one of the biggest struggles and one of the biggest misconceptions. Oftentimes, we misunderstand what we can do as fruit. Friends, coming to church isn't fruit. Reading your Bible isn't fruit. Those are things we do to put us in a place where God then can produce the fruit within us. We talk about fasting here. Fasting isn't necessarily a fruit. Fasting allows God to open him, allows us to open ourselves up to put us in a place where God can do some incredible things through us. 
And what has been a little bit confusing for many people is that we think that we can just do these things and somehow that is the fruit. But meanwhile, we're so mad when we get out of here. We're frustrated. We go back to work and it's just not working. And the truth is it's because we're looking at these things as though this is the fruit. This is my spiritual journey. My spiritual journey is about just simply showing up, reading the Bible, knowing all these things, and check, 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 check. I did it, I did it, I did it. I'm good to go. But we've missed the point about what those are. Those are disciplines that allow us to put ourselves in a place that open us up, that allow God to come in to produce not just out of context acts of kindness or gentleness or peace or love or self-control, but to actually make us peaceful people, to actually make us loving people, to actually make us gentle people, good people, patient people, people who have self-control. And so when we talk about what's happening over here, we're oftentimes just trying to tape these things on, and really we've missed the point about what this is all about, about putting ourselves in a position where God can actually do some amazing, incredible things. For Timothy 4, 7 talks about how we are to train ourselves in godliness. Training is about doing what you can so that you can do what you can't. You're not going to just simply produce a person who has all of these qualities. What you're going to do is you're going to do things that put you in a spot, put you in a place that allows God to produce the fruit within you. Then all of a sudden, authenticity is not even a question because this is just coming out of you. This is just the kind of person you are. So this is why we encourage you to get in a small group. Not so you can say to everybody, I'm in a small group. I'm a spiritual person. Okay. I go to church. I'm a spiritual person. I read my Bible. I'm a spiritual person. Those are definitely tenets of really the basics of what is, what is going on so that you can allow God to do some incredible things within you. Do what you can, train yourself so that you can produce and do what you can't, which is to bear the fruit. And the fruit comes when God changes who we are on the inside. Then it will just naturally come forth. The last thing, another thing, has to do with pruning. And I won't spend a lot of time talking about pruning because we know what pruning is. Pruning is just simply cutting back so that it can grow forward. Let me just say two things really about pruning. And the first is has to do with pruning of ourselves. There are times where we need to be self-aware to the point where we're able to remove things which is going to inhibit the fruit. There are things we should, we know we should not be engaged in that we need to cut off. We need to cut it back so that we can produce the fruit. Now, this is important when we have people around us who are giving us feedback, who are saying to us, I know your issues. Don't put yourself in that position. Don't do this. It's not just, again, not because of the checklist. It's because what it's doing is we need to prune it so that we can grow better. The other side of it is not only about pruning ourselves, but it's also about, at times, God does prune us as well. God does come in and he removes things from our lives that we sometimes don't even understand, but we have to trust him, that he knows what he's doing. And you've heard stories, and I've heard stories, about people who went through something they did not understand, why God was removing something from their lives. They didn't understand what he was doing. But as time went on, they look back and they think, thank God that he did this because it allowed me to move in ways that I had no idea. And that's God pruning us, God removing things that sometimes we don't even see. 
Pruning, obviously, we know it from a physical standpoint. It's just a little tougher when it has to do with us. So the idea here is, let me just kind of bring us up to speed. This passage about authenticity and about fruit. We want to be authentic. The way we're authentic is to produce the kind of fruit that God wants us to produce. How do we do that? Well, we've got to come clean about who we are, about how we are producing fruit. The other thing is we need to do what we can, do the things we know we should be doing so that we put ourselves in a place where God can change us and God can produce and begin the process of producing the kind of fruit that we want to be producing. And then the third thing is about pruning, about allowing him to prune us. Because in reality, the truth is, is that we don't want to be taping this stuff up. We don't want to be taping this stuff up. We just want to be producing it. We want it to just naturally come forth out of us. We don't want to be a person who does kind acts. We want to be a kind-filled person. We don't want to be a person who shows patience here and there. We want to be a patient person. Then we don't have to worry about allowing it and worrying about trying to make ourselves. We just exist. Now, as we kind of uh, close this down and kind of get to a, a point, I just want you for a minute just to imagine Maybe it's just kind of even to, to fantasize just a little bit about, about what it would be like to produce the kind of fruit that you know you should be producing in your life. Just for a minute, just imagine what it would be like if, if you in your spiritual journey were at a point where you could just exist and you weren't so burdened with trying to make everything look as though you've got it together. Imagine what it would be like if you could go through your life and you could just kind of come to a place, not have to really worry and be burdened about what people would think or how they would react or or worried about the true nature of you coming forth. But imagine what it would be like if you could just come And you could just experience the authenticity of a fruit-filled life. You see, I don't believe us as Christ's followers were intended to bear this weight of inauthenticity. I don't think we were intended to be trying to fool everybody. And I don't think many people are doing this out of of bad motives. It's just, we just don't know what to do. And we know we're supposed to be kind people. We know we're supposed to be patient people. We know, we know we're supposed to be all this. And it is such a struggle at times. And what I'm encouraging you to do this morning is lay it down. Stop working so hard at producing fruit. Allow God to do his work and you do your work. And imagine how freeing, how liberating, how effortless it would be to be just a person who wasn't trying to do an act here, who wasn't trying to be loving here, who wasn't trying to find peace here, who wasn't trying to be gentle here, who wasn't trying to be good here, because you were just all of those things. And it was just coming forth You are just producing the fruit because that's what God is doing inside of you. Listen, we're all on this journey together. 
we're all struggling, we're all going through life, we're all ups and downs, we're all kind of locking arms and trying to get through this. So let me encourage you. Maybe it's time to lay it down. Maybe it's time to come clean. Maybe it's time to just start to look at what am I doing to get myself in a position so God can do some incredible things through me. I'm gonna ask you to stand and as you stand, our prayer partners are gonna make their way forward. And maybe this is a time where you just uh, feel it inside of you. Maybe there's that struggle. Maybe there's just that uneasiness. Maybe it's time just to ask for some prayer. Maybe you don't have to get into everything. Maybe it's just time to say, hey, look, maybe you can just pray for me. I'm tired of living this facade. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I just want to exist in the kind of person that God wants me to be. We got prayer partners up here are more than willing, more than able to just pray with you. Let me close this in prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll go. Father, thank you so much for loving us like you, like you do. And even in passages such as this, which at times are very, uh, can strike a little uneasiness inside of us. Um, I, I don't really, I think they're in there to shake us up, obviously, and to really, uh, more importantly, get us to realize the weight of this, the weight of what fruit is in our lives. And uh, I just hope that, and I pray that if there's nothing else that we take from this, it's just that there is hope for all of us. There is hope. And that you have uh, given us the way, you've given us the strength, the power, you've given us the community to really experience a life of authenticity that bears the kind of fruit which you've called us to produce. Thank you for these men and women. Help them in their, their journeys. Help them in their struggles. Help them in their failures, in their weaknesses, and also in their strengths. Help us to be there for one another, to encourage us and not be so judgmental, but realize that every one of us has the story. Every one of us has the journey. All of us, all of us, all of us are trying to be the men and women you've called us to be. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be loved by you in your son's name. Amen. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.